Judah and Matthew are dumpster people, and they occasionally use foul and inappropriate language. Listen at your own risk. Welcome to Brother Date. We're we're still doing this. It's uh yeah. we missed a couple, but or we missed a couple in the last month. But we're um, we're back at it. I'm Matthew. I'm Judah. Matt, how you feeling? I'm feeling fine. Fine now. I don't know what's up with these summer colds. I feel like everybody I knew got sick in June and I uh I ended up catching it at the tail end. So. Yeah, you had bad you had bad pipes last week you couldn't record yep because of right. the pipes and two weeks before that it was you with the bad uh, whatever your lungs are bagpipes i think they are bagpipes yeah i think that's right <clears throat> so sorry sorry everybody that we're sick everybody listening all you know two three four of you <clears throat> that's right hey we, we added a listener no we didn't yeah we did i mean it's my wife oh okay. like she just finally started listening she wanted to let a catalog build up a little bit. Yeah, she, she tends in. to to listen to one podcast at a time. So, like before this, it was how did this get made? Mm. But I think she's up to speed with them now. So she just she just listens to a big chunk of one, waits for the other ones to build up, and keeps kind of cycling through. Kind of, yeah. I did that. It's also not above going back to the beginning of a podcast's catalog, just starting over at the beginning. Yeah, like she doesn't remember everything from all of those episodes, and that's sort of what I do with news radio. <clears throat> or you're just on the cycle, or any of except the that start. I know you don't you don't do that John Lovitz episode. No, that's true. Season, season. It's true. They the cycle stops right right at the end of season four, and even a lot of season four is kind of meh mm. in comparison. But um, <clears throat> no, I do that same thing. I recently was listening to a podcast. I just listened to a million episodes of it in a row. And then uh, now I'm trying to catch up with some other ones. So, but that's cool. Everyone loves listeners. I mean, I assume. I don't know. I don't have any. We love you, listeners. Yes. Do you love us? Are you sending us anything, listeners? Listeners. Hello. Did yeah. they did they send us anything? Uh. Well. I mean, yes, but it's unsatisfying in the same way because it was your wife. <laughs> She's a listener. She counts. Yeah. Uh, she got real mad about some shit that we said, like, basically a month ago now. Yeah, it's been a while. Uh, you got into an old, old discussion that we'd had many a time about uh, the wonderful research that gets done on the government dime. Mm-hmm. And uh, she was very, very defensive I feel like which, I predicted that on the episode. Yeah, which is interesting to me because her research is so much more serious. Okay, and so... What I want to know is, is she being real defensive about this stuff now because she's planning to take it easy later? <laughs> that could be. Well, look, she's got to get tenure. I mean, that's pretty much the 
that's the baseline. Once you get tenure, you can kind of fuck off and do whatever you want. But um, once she gets tenure, it's going to be nothing but masturbation studies. I assume. I assume. Well, I mean, if you had the option. Yeah, I'd rather masturbate than do real work. Yeah. For sure. Like, flop my bits all around? Why not? Exactly. Yeah. They make wet slapping sounds? Everybody likes that. Sure. That's the best kind. Um, So I predicted in the episode that she would not enjoy what we were doing because she feels like she has to be the biggest defender of science. Just science in general. Right, she has to represent all of science. Yes, so any attack on any kind of science at any time is going to get a response from her. Because, well, one, she needs people to keep funding science so that her science will keep getting funded. Which makes sense. She doesn't want anyone to think that it's not worth throwing money at science because she needs all that money. But, um... You know, but two, I think she just generally believes that everybody should study everything all the time, even if the immediate results aren't necessarily immediately important. You know what I mean? Like, just knowing a new thing is in and of itself worth it. And I understand that part. I agree with that. I just, you know, I think my criticism was this lady got a PhD for finger blasting herself. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like if I were her on her thesis committee, I'd be like, so you, you didn't really do anything, right? Like, we're agreed, you didn't do anything, and you're going to need to do something. I mean, did she at least finger blast herself in a functional MRI machine or anything? I think she did. I think she borrowed some equipment to study, you know, what happened. But why use yourself as a test subject? I mean, doesn't that just seem like just the worst idea scientifically? Do you think if you got, like, deep into that research, there'd be, like, a graph, and then it's labeled, like, uh, here's where I was thinking about Brad Pitt, (laughs) and then it's, like, here's where, for some weird reason, the image of uh, Principal Belding from Saved by the Bell popped into my head? (laughs) Because, I mean, that would be interesting to read. That's right. Like, look at the graph and go, like, huh. To be fair, I I have not studied the results that closely, so maybe there's some interesting stuff in there. I just feel like on a college campus, you could probably find people who are going to masturbate inside of an MRI machine for $100, you know? Yeah. Right? I mean, I feel like you could you could do that pretty easily. Yeah, you don't have to do it on yourself. Yeah, I feel like that's um, it's a little manipulative of the results, probably. You can masturbate however you want. On command. <clears throat> anyway. And then the other one was just, I was complaining about the the cat drinking milk article being on the cover of the science magazine. And I said, why is that so important that it's on the cover? Why? Because they're trying to sell magazines, and that's a cool picture. There's a picture of a cat. That's true. Anyway, Marshawn had lots of problems with our... Apparently this one was not publicly funded, this cat one. Yes, but it was absolutely, in, in order to sell magazines, made the cover story. Fine. Very fine. She sent this to me because... She wanted us to read it. I mean, she sent it to the Brother Date Twitter, but she knows that that's me. <laughs> she knows well enough. I mean, you have the password. I don't know. I don't think I've ever logged into the Brother Date Twitter. All right. Well, listen, <laughs> I wasn't I wasn't careful. It's the same password uh, as the other joint Twitter that we used to have. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so what'd she send? What'd she send us? So she sent this cat's drinking article. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in here, right in the fourth, uh, right in the fourth paragraph, it's kind of burying the lead. It gets to the point. It says the smooth tip of the tongue barely touches the surface of the liquid. That's kind of a tongue twister, by the way. Mm-hmm. 
before the cat draws its tongue back up. As it does so, a column of liquid forms between the moving tongue and the liquid surface. The cat then closes its mouth, pinching off the top of the column for a nice drink while keeping its chin dry. Yep. Now, uh, my cat Harley always has a wet chin. <laughs> like, perpetually wet. Don't do this, dude. Don't do this. You know she, what she's going to say. She's going to say, your cat, your anecdotal cat, is not important because they studied so many YouTube cats. Yeah, listen, all I'm saying is uh, I got four paragraphs into this shit and I said, well, that's just not true. <laughs> I can't remember whether the cat we had growing up, Melchit, I don't know whether he would get it all over himself. He was pretty whether dumb. He was a, whether he was a sloppy boy? Yeah, he was pretty dumb, so it's possible that he could If he had gotten over. water on his chin when he was drinking, Dad would have come by with a paper towel and dabbed it. <laughs> It's true. Because he would not bury his poop, Dad cleaned the litter box every single time he pooped. Yep. Yeah, he had it pretty good, that cat. His whole life was stooping over that litter box. (laughs) Dad's, yes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, um... So, uh, one, do cats drink milk? I mean, I know they do from their moms, but I don't think our dad ever fed our cat milk. Did he? Uh, no. I know you're probably not supposed to. Why would a cat drink cow's milk in nature? That's sort of what I'm thinking. Once a cat is weaned, it just drinks water, because that's all it's got. Right. That's so what I figure. we don't give our cats milk, except we're starting to give Harley a little milk, because he's too skinny. He needs to gain some weight. We give just want to get some milk. calories in that cat. Is it whole milk? Yeah, of course. Good. All right. And then there's... As an adult, why would you ever have another milk? <laughs> like <laughs> I don't. Either drink whole milk, which you know has fat in it, Right. Or don't drink milk. What is this nonsense? There's exactly one thing I do with milk. It's I put it in coffee. That's all I do with it. <clears throat> right. And whole milk would be better. Yeah. But I use the skim. I use the skim, dude. Because I'm afraid of those calories. I'm so afraid of them. Nature gonna... told me. Not nature. Society told me. Nature didn't tell me. Society told me to be afraid of the calories. Skim milk just doesn't taste like anything. No, it doesn't. You know what? It doesn't even make the coffee taste any different. It just kind of changes the color a little bit. Yeah, well, at least you can trick yourself. Uh, Anyway, apparently this cat's thing was not publicly funded, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But she did send uh, an article that, (laughs) with the hilarious uh, caption, also, you people need to read this. (laughs) You people. That's right. I know. The only time in my life I've ever gotten to indignantly reply to someone. <laughs> you people? What I love about you people is it's very easy to use with us. There's nobody like us and there's only two of us, so it's very easy to say to you and me, you people. Yeah. We are a people. Uh, Confessions of a Wasteful Scientist, which is a blog on Scientific American where some guy was like, yeah, I got on this list because my shit was wasteful, uh... Etc. Etc. And then he went on to you know to discuss the important work that had been labeled wasteful. Dog. One of these was how do dogs get dry? <laughs> they do they shake they shake themselves. Yeah, but it's like I see. How does it. that work? How do you get the water off if you're like like what's the deal with that? And then he's like, listen, we use in not in the paper. I presume. Oh, who knows? Maybe I didn't read the paper because I'm not going to read how dogs get dry. Right. Sorry, Marjan. Uh, but. In the in the blog, he was like, "Man, we use like we use like forty percent of our household energy budget drying clothes, right? Uh, which I definitely don't think is true. I think this dude doesn't have a PS3. 
Yeah, absolutely. Most yeah, most of my electricity, I'm sure, goes to my yeah. uh, entertainment systems. That's fine. The great, the great discovery of this dog drying thing is if we want our clothes to dry efficiently, we got to make them out of different materials. Yeah, no shit. You, I, you can shake a wet towel all you want; it's still going to be wet. And that's that's great, but like, I'm not going to wear dog skin. <laughs> That doesn't breathe. It doesn't breathe. Plus, dude, it's just not PC. It's just not cool in this climate. You know? And and then you're like, so you've washed your dog skins. Mm-hmm. Now you're standing out in your backyard just shaking them shits around as much as you can. Right. And then it's like, oh, that gets about 90% of the water off. Great. So now I just have damp dog skin. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, failing to, failing to take into account that dogs walk around uh, not bone dry after that, just less wet. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so I mean, so this oh, guy's also, pretty wasteful. Uh, also, if we want to keep dust off of solar panels, uh-huh. we should cover them in little hairs. That is super great. I mean, they won't work anymore. <laughs> Like, I definitely feel like putting a bunch of hair in front of the solar panel is not going to help. Right. I mean, it's just... So this guy is definitely this a, waste, a wasteful scientist. This the example that we need to read. Yeah. yeah. Also, I agree that it's interesting that walruses are right-handed. <laughs> it's, 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 like, mildly interesting. I didn't even know they had hands. Honestly, I know nothing about walruses. Well, it was a study of how, how walruses eat. So they're like, man, how do they do that? Like, how do they get food into their little mouths? Right. I mean, not little. Their walruses are pretty big. And it was like, uh, they do these four different things. Most of the time, though, they use their right flipper. Okay. And, like, dig it out and put it in their mouth. And it's like, hey, I guess they're right-handed. Also, I guess that means, and this is the big conclusion, <clears throat> huh? you don't need to use advanced tools to develop handedness, a handedness preference. Okay. Now... How do I apply that? Exactly. Like, that's interesting. That maybe debunks a theory of how humans became right-handed. What about the lefties? It doesn't matter how humans became right-handed. Well, especially because they're lefties. It it doesn't matter at all because humans are already humans. (laughs) Like, we exist. And most of us are right-handed. Yeah. Unless we're going to try to make some new ones... New species? Like, hey, let's see if we can just force a new species to evolve. Right. <clears throat> but let's try to make it a different handedness or choose well, about, the handedness. I wonder if we could make them left-handed. Right. I, I wonder if we'd need to, like, to, to build left-handed tools to do that. Well, I guess I am curious now about, like, bears and, um, you know, like, raccoons. Like, are they right-handed? Uh, now I want to know. I don't know, but Katie will send you... The link to a Facebook page that is just nonstop raccoon videos of a no. very fat pet raccoon. No, I don't. I don't want it. I don't want it. Sometimes he tries to jump on things and he cannot. I don't want it. I don't like her... raccoons. They have little hands that can grab things and they can walk on two feet. That makes her cackle mm-hmm. when the raccoon can't j- quite jump up onto a surface because <clears throat> of his tremendous fatness. Well, that's good. But how do you even have a pet raccoon? Are you allowed to? How does that work? This appears to be in Taiwan. Okay. I, that I believe. <clears throat> yeah. yeah, dog. Uh, I don't like. I don't like raccoons. I saw one video of a raccoon going into somebody's garage and taking their cat food, and he what he did was he had his two little hands that work so good like hands, and mm-hmm. he grabbed two handfuls 
and then he ran out on two feet with his two handfuls of cat food in the air. And I yeah, said, I've seen that. That's great. I'm fucking done. I'm done with yeah, raccoons. No. Yeah, no need for raccoons. They're um, they're too smart. We're done professionally, me and raccoons. I'm I'm 90% sure you could teach one to fly a helicopter. Oh, for sure. Uh, uh, is the Huey? Katie, Katie loves that idea, especially since I described it as the ringtail rotor. <laughs> Are you talking about a Huey? Because that's what Sulu flew back in his academy days. Yeah, he did fly something like that back in his academy days. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> what sense does that make? So it's just a fucking liar. You just figured, ah, fuck it, I can fly this. <laughs> yeah, I'm a, I'm a starship navigator. And he steals a helicopter from somewhere. And then he sits in that helicopter, which probably has zero buttons in it. It's got one weird stick and a couple of foot pedals, but now he flies it just fine. Yep. <clears throat> He's totally cool. He can fucking, he can drop huge plexiglass sheets into an invisible spaceship. Uh-huh. So, you yeah. know. I want to see the science of that. Yeah. I want to see how Sulu knew how to fly a helicopter, and I want to see how how uh, uh, Scotty knew how to use that computer so good. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Marjan, I get that all that stuff is super interesting. Well, it just doesn't seem important. Yeah. So that that's always my argument is okay. That's cool, and I'm glad we know that. Whatever. But why do I have to hear about it? Why is that an important story? Why is it on the cover of anything? Why is it anything? And then the ones where people are getting credit, like getting advanced degrees, or the one, the people who are getting funding for these dumb things, that's, you know, dumb as hell. But she claims now that she wasn't really mad, but I believe she was really mad. No, no, she was hot. I absolutely believe she was angry about it. Them shits it. was coming in hot and fast. Yeah, she was she I couldn't was even grouchy. make joking responses to all of them because they were coming in too fast. <laughs> she was very grouchy, and the first thing she said to me on the phone was that she was very tired. <laughs> Which is not saying that she didn't mean it. Then afterwards, she's like, I was just kidding. But it's like, no, no, no. You were very angry. Anyway, she so. wasn't done. Um, that was all aimed at me most. Well, no, she was mad about you, but then I was fighting back, so that didn't help. <laughs> right. But uh, then, to mess with you, she did post a video of a robot with a 30-foot vertical leap. Yeah, that robot I'm not that afraid of. It looks like it has no mass. I, I could, I could destroy that robot. Yeah, probably. Now, if they build one of those that's like <clears throat> like 800 pounds or something. Or if it could jump out of the shallow end of a pool. That's right. Hey, you get drafted. You have the first robot in the NFL. Call it, uh, I don't know, like Adonis Bot. Was that Adonis Davis who did that? It might have been. Yeah, I, I could know. not remember his name. The last I time we to talked say about it was it. Gilbert Brown, but I think he was just the guy with the triple whopper. <laughs> yeah, he was the guy who always did the um, the Gravedigger celebration uh, that they yeah. made him stop doing. I think because they they didn't like the murder insinuation. I mean, it's a little it's a little bit murdery. Yeah, <clears throat> like who digs a grave anymore? That's not like you know. If it was just celebrating our nations, they probably don't even call themselves gravediggers anymore. Um, but our nation's cemetery workers, it'd just be him, like, operating a backhoe. That's right, exactly. Which is not, it's not a good dance for after you just sack the QB. No, you kind of pretend like you're in a sitting position, and you, you kind of look around, get a, get a hold of your surroundings, just a little bit, not much. Just yeah, a little like, bit of looking that around. your helmet is a hard hat. It's not good. <laughs> and it's, it's very cerebral, too. It probably takes a lot of time to explain to people. Uh, and then we did get one more tweet that was not from your wife, actually. Uh, ben, who is our latest, uh, well, our second latest listener. Yeah. And proud member of our Star Trek Timelines fleet. Oh, that's right. Yeah. 
Uh, so I don't, I don't know what you can do with that, but yes, he is. Yeah, he can't do anything yet, but there it is. Uh, tweeted uh, on the twenty seventh, which was a while ago, but again, we didn't we didn't pod last week to say that uh, U.S. Women's is pretty good soccer for soccer. That is. Uh, well, I mean, I guess if you're just looking for like dominance, they're really good compared to the other women's teams. But are they less like divey? Yeah, I think in general they are. Um, I think the same is true of the men's American team as well. I think, you think that any part of that is just because they don't want to be labeled, like they don't want people to be like, ah, see, women shouldn't be playing sports. <laughs> they got to be extra careful and not do any of the dumb shit that male soccer players do. Right, like I always assume that the WNBA is not very showy also. <laughs> yeah, that's probably true. It's all about fundamentals. It's like workmanlike. Perfect bounce passes. A lot of, a lot of bounce passes. That's right. <laughs> yeah, no, that could be. Um, but yeah, if you're just looking at, like, uh, if you just want to see a team dominate every other team, then yeah, that's I'm sure I that's good a, soccer. I said assume because I don't know that I've ever seen a WNBA game because I'm not sure it's on TV. I have, uh, I've seen highlights. I think I've seen highlights. Which always makes me wonder what kind of sports day it was. Like, is that shit just not even televised? The NBA has a network. And I Mm. don't even think they play it on that. Yeah, I was going to say, I think I get that network. I don't think I've ever seen it. I definitely don't remember ever seeing a Liberty game on there. Sure, sure, yeah. Or like um, Boston Lobsters. Is that a team? Uh, Oh, I I think I'm thinking of World Team Tennis. It should be, but I I guess not. I think that's tennis. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't think I've ever seen a live game on, on the television. Their ratings um, just must be infinitesimal. I wouldn't be surprised if women's soccer was more entertaining to watch than the UEFA whatever in which France defeated Germany this morning. Yeah, people, uh, despite the fact that that is not our continent, are, uh, are big into that stuff. Yeah. I, I mean, I really like women's uh, fast-pitch softball. Or, like, fast-pitch softball. Yeah. No, that stuff's good. Um, yeah. I'll even watch volleyball. I'll watch the volleyball. Uh, I like indoor volleyball. Yeah. I'm beach, not such a big fan of beach volleyball. Beach volleyball's dumb. I mean, it's just a dumb sport. And um, I don't need to see them in the, their tiny, tiny clothes. Oh, I know. Someone's going to say, oh, but they wear bikinis. And then you're going to say, yeah, I mean, I guess that's true. Okay, I have the internet. They're also, like, uh, six foot two, and they have, like, eight-pack abs. Yeah, real long and lean and no yeah. curves. And it's I'm the wrong outfit the, for that body I'm saying type. that they're not good-looking, but it, like, when, it's not sexual when they wear a bikini in the least. No, it's not. They should, they should just wear whatever they want. That's just for shorts. Who cares? It yep, doesn't make any difference to me. People try to, like, bait me into watching stuff I definitely don't want to watch by saying things like... Oh, they don't wear very many clothes, they don't wear a lot of clothes, or like, oh, there's like a hot lady in it, or whatever, and I just have to say every time that I have the internet, and if I just want to see, like, naked chicks, it's super easy. It's like crazy easy to do. It is, like, uh, I mean, you could just Google naked chicks. That's right. Naked chicks. Let's find out if this is a Google, if this is a Google recommendation for us. Uh, I guess you gotta do an image search. Yeah, no, they're very, very naked. They're extremely naked, right? Uh, some of some of this is gynecological. So if I'm gonna watch sports, I'm not gonna watch for like hot chicks because I can I can see them another time. Unrelated to sports. Yeah, I I watch sports because I want to enjoy the I enjoy the sports. So I like yeah, yeah I like indoor anyway, volleyball yeah. and I like softball. 
Yeah, exactly. And I don't know, that might be it in terms of women's sports that I'm that I'm into. That you actually watch? That I will actually sit down and watch a game of. Yeah. So. Are they just, so few of them are televised. Yeah, that's true. Well, I, I watch the college networks, and that's usually how you a, see them. Maybe it's a chicken and egg problem. Like, I would watch other ones. You mean like handball? Well, but like, I guess there isn't. For some of these, there's no analog. <clears throat> like, what would but, you watch? Well, it's like I feel like if there was a women's baseball league, I would watch that. Oh yeah, for sure. But that's still still ex- baseball doesn't exist, though. Is the problem? Uh, same thing if there was football. Yeah. Well, there's lingerie football. Same problem. That's not a sport. Don't care if I want to see chicks in lingerie or less. I can do that, but I'm trying to watch football. Yeah, I want to see a well-executed slant. That's right, exactly. Yes, I want to see someone who knows what they're doing. Maybe just a little bit, on offense or defense. That's I don't know, I maybe maybe lingerie football will be around long enough that some of them will get good at football, but until there are two teams there that are all good at it, yeah, then it's it's still just a spectacle. Right. I think that's exactly right. <clears throat> so, yeah, no women's football... No women's baseball. I'm not a, I'm not the world's biggest basketball fan. I watch the Warriors and I watch some college basketball, but I, I don't. I don't watch women's basketball. Just don't care. Unpopular take. I don't care about women's basketball. I don't know. Maybe they shouldn't be televising it then. That's what I'm saying. Well, you televise the things that are going to get ratings, right? No, all these networks are out for number one. Like, why should these networks be trying to grow the game of women's basketball? They're trying to make money. All right. Agreed. A lot of hot takes here today. I don't feel like I 100% agree, but whatever. <laughs> wait, wait, so these networks should be sacrificing well, no, ratings in order I to grow women's basketball? the business argument, but it's like, how are people going to... How is it going to become a money-making endeavor? Look, dude, you know how... There's, there's no such thing as grassroots anymore. They, uh, the NFL didn't used to get any ratings, but they put some games on, and some people watched them. So they put some more games on, and more people watched them. And then, eventually, they were televising all the NFL games, because, you know, everyone watches them. The NFL used to get no ratings. It used to be college football or nothing. Yeah. Well, this is what I'm saying. Like, that's why it's chicken and egg. Like, someone's got to televise these women's sports, or else why? how would anyone watch them? Well, I've seen highlights. Somebody is filming them, at least. They are on camera. I don't know where you watch them. But I'm just saying, I, I, don't, I don't think anyone watches them when they're on the TV. I think they get crazy, like, uh, like worse than MLS ratings. So. <clears throat> but, uh. Hmm. Sorry. Sorry, women's basketball players. I'm sorry. So, dog, what do you do for Fourth of July? Uh, we went to an Afghan restaurant. Okay. I had skewered meats. Nice. Yeah. It's very, it's very patriotic. Yeah, and a nice eggplant dish. Nice. That's good. Was it kind of smoky, like a like a smoky eggplant dish? You know, not so much, but maybe because it was kind of tomatoey and yogurty. Oh, one of those. Okay. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, they eat a lot of the uh, the eggplant stuff in that part of the world. There's some I think good... it's because it gets a nice texture when you do it right. There's some good eggplant 
like dip things and uh a lot of the stews have eggplants in them and that's uh that's the good stuff i also uh made a vietnamese eggplant salad okay Thai eggplant salad a thai eggplant salad that called for vietnamese coriander but we just use regular cilantro yeah is there a big difference i don't know are they <laughs> It was too late by the time I was making it to go to an Asian market to get the stuff, so... Right. Assuming I could have found it. So you guys had an eggplant weekend? Uh, kind of. I hated this salad so much. Okay. It's just the dressing was so disgusting. It was like lime juice and fish sauce. Mmm. And then this shit called for, no joke, a quarter teaspoon of sugar? Ew. In the dressing? So it's kind of sweet is- and fishy. No, no, it's so little sugar that I might as well have not put it in there. Oh, okay. You know what a quarter teaspoon of sugar does to six tablespoons of lime juice and three tablespoons of fish sauce? Not a lot, apparently. It just fucking disappears. <clears throat> well, anyway, do- I hated it so much I got unhappy. <laughs> uh, which is not normal for me, to have food emotions. You had a food emotion. Yeah. Did you have, like, a food it- breakdown? Like, your whole world was coming apart? I was just like... It just made me so unhappy to eat this thing. Mm. And I only had one spoonful, because I already didn't like the smell. <laughs> uh, so, where'd you anyway, get, where'd you get I, the recipe for this? What, what was this about? Uh, Katie forwarded it to me when she asked me, will you make this? Okay. So, I, I did. Alright. <laughs> and I had shallots and mint and cilantro and uh, broiled eggplant in it. Hmm. And chicken. Yeah. And that dressing. And uh, it was stinky. (laughs) And it tasted stinky. All right. Well, you know, you had a tough holiday. Yeah, that was my 4th of July. So you didn't get up to anything else? You guys just kind of chilled? Yeah, I mean, uh, Ryan and Krista invited us over. But only after Katie asked, what are you doing on the 4th of July? <laughs> right. On, on, like, the 1st of July. Yeah. So, uh, when that chain of events happens, I just say, nah, they don't They don't really want us there. <laughs> like, Well, you know, maybe they maybe they didn't invite very many people at all. Maybe it was just kind of oh, a casual oh, no, thing. It, it was not a big party. Okay. It was like... They were having one couple over, and then both of Ryan's parents are, are there right now. Mm. Mm-hmm. So I was like, "Yeah, I'm not going to go be the weird seventh and eighth wheels at this thing. Yeah. So. Well, Marjan told me <clears throat> she was really excited to try out this high-end butcher um, over at the Stanford Shopping Mall, Shopping Center. And she said she was going to get burgers and hot dogs or burgers and sausages or whatever. And we were going to grill them up and, and, and for that, for us, that means pan frying them up. But anyway, isn't that kind of the stuff that it's least important you get from a high end butcher? This is sort of, yeah, yes. It's just going to be ground up beef for the burgers. And then, you know, sausages are uh, poor man's food. Not going to be like uh, delectable cuts of meats. It's like just other ground up shit anyway i mean it's like what makes the flavor of a sausage is the spices that's in the sausage right and the fat that's used not 
not really the meat that's in it, but, you know, maybe a really good butcher could make really good sausages. Yeah. It's just, you don't necessarily need that. Well, she texted me during her errand and told me that she maybe had gone overboard and that she had bought a a lot of sausage and that we weren't going to have hamburgers because she bought so many sausages. And uh, when she got home, she had 13 different varieties of sausage. Oh, so it was a real too many sausages situation. (laughs) It was a a sausage party, for reals. We, We grilled them all up. We only ate a few of them because them shits was heavy, and I've been eating sausage all week. Just, like, different kinds of sausage for every meal. Was that a cat? Uh, that was me throwing a bottle of ibuprofen at my cats who were about to fight. <laughs> Over what? Territory? Yeah, who knows. Okay. Alright. Um, so that's that was our 4th of July uh, grilling situation. Was just a bunch of different crazy kinds of sausages. I don't even know what they were because they didn't come to us labeled. So she had to kind of remember which ones she had purchased and which ones were which. Do you have a barbecue, or did you George a, Foreman these shits? For us, that literally means pan-frying them. Oh, okay. So you pan-fried yeah. 13 different kinds of sausages. How many of each sausage did you say? One of each. Okay. <laughs> 13 varieties of sausage, one of each. So she stood at the counter. Yep. I want one of those. And had an interaction that would make me kill myself. <laughs> I want one of those. Okay, one of those, <laughs> and one of those. I'll take one of those. Also one of those. <laughs> yep. And one of those. Yes. Oh, man. Yeah, she texted What's me. What's wrong with my self-esteem that that is cringeworthy to no, me? No, I could never do that. No. I could only I could only ask someone behind a counter for, like, two things max. Yeah. I I think, like, um, fast food combos were invented for people like me who were afraid to order different things. Oh, definitely. And just be like, just give me, like, um, one of them combos that's got everything so I only have to say one thing at you. I I would like $8 of food, please. (laughs) Yes, here is my money. You can give me whatever is easiest for you. Whatever you got, whatever they made already. (laughs) Yeah, you don't make anything new on my account. I'm not even really a person. I'll have fries if fries are ready, but otherwise, whatever. That's right. Yeah. So she uh, she brought home much like crazy amount of sausage, and I've uh, been eating that all week. <clears throat> so, that's, uh, other than that, we didn't really do much. She was working all weekend. She's like uh, getting ready to publish a bunch of papers, so she's she's in it right now. Just like when you were on like the France Germany border, you also ate many sausages, right? Ate all kinds of sausages and piggy meats, just various piggy meats. Sausages just make sense to her, don't they? Yeah, she's like in in some way they're just like oh she's just like yeah this is right this <laughs> is what we should be eating. She's definitely a fan of the sausages. Um, I was surprised by how much um, pork product she ate when we were in France because she is not a fan of the taste of pork. Right, and she of course is not from a pork eating people. Yeah, well I assume one has to do with the other. I think because she didn't grow up eating it, she, she's not a fan of it. But, um... To be honest, I am mostly underwhelmed by the taste of pork. What about the other piggy meats? What about your oh, hams like ham and, and bacon? Love them. Into them. Okay. Alright, so big into them. She's not. She's not big into them. I'm less into bacon than most people seem to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, that's also mostly because people have come down on the other side of the great bacon conundrum for me, which is chewy or crispy. Uh-oh. And everybody wants that shit crispy, and I hate it. Uh, you want your chewy bacon. Yeah. 
So again, if if you're looking for declarative statements and hot takes, this is the episode. This is the one for you. This is the hot take episode. Yeah. Matt hates women. <laughs> yeah, just uh, in general. Uh, I'm anti-science, apparently. Uh huh. And uh, also, I like chewy bacon. Yeah, that is rare. I think you're right. I think most people do prefer it crispy. Just um. I think the reason I prefer it crispy is because whenever I get chewy bacon, I assume it's because it was, like, uh, put under a nasty heat lamp or microwaved or something. Oh, yeah. And that, and then I have, I have that going on in my head about what is the quality of this preparation. You know? I guess, I guess that's true. Uh, but then if it's, like, crispy, it just means somebody just cooked the shit out of it. They just cooked it forever, yeah. and then it's, like... It shouldn't it's just be better. weird and hard and sharp at that point. <laughs> have you ever? And it always tastes overdone too to me. Have you ever like impaled yourself on like a sharp piece of bacon? Oh, like right in the roof of my mouth? Yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> like a Dorito or something? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or like fucking Captain Crunch. <laughs> that was never a problem I had with Captain Crunch. I didn't. I didn't realize they were. Did, did you eat them with milk? Uh, our sister one time called it Captain Fucking Gum Cutter. <laughs> Never had that problem. That's weird. Yeah, yeah, okay, but I also also probably like less milk on my cereal than some people do. Mm. Again, take that milk drinkers. You guys are getting yeah. fucked it just up. Gets, just gets so soggy. Yep. Like cornflakes or frosted flakes or whatever kind of flakes you like. Yeah, the thinner the item. Just gets so, so soggy. Yeah, that's right. And then you get food emotions. And then it's like, what am I supposed to do, eat Apple Jacks? Yeah, those those things taste. They don't taste like apples, Matt. They don't at all. There's not even like a little bit of apple taste in there. It just tastes like sweet. I love they fucking leaned into that with their parents just don't understand commercials. Apple Jacks, dude. They're just Fruit Loops that are a different flavor. Like, uh, hey, by the way, guys, number one complaint about our product doesn't taste like apples at all. (laughs) Let's put that in the ads. So, should we should we have scientists make it taste like apples? Nah, here's what I'm thinking. (laughs) Just fucking lean into it. That's right. Let's do a bunch of commercials where cool kids like Zack the Lego Maniac are eating Apple Jacks. Yep. And then let's have their dumb out of it parents say, "But it doesn't taste like apples." You yeah, I don't. I barely even remember that commercial till you said it. Then I it was went, a whole oh, series yeah. of commercials. I went, oh yeah, I remember that ad campaign. A whole now. series of very insulting commercials. <laughs> yeah. Again, and I just, I just kept just... saying, "It's a pretty good point." I just don't understand why the product even exists. Because if there's already Fruit Loops, why do you need Apple Jacks? Like, what's the point? Yeah. They're the call exact fucking, same fucking thing. Call it fucking mildly cinnamony Fruit Loops. It's ridiculous. Ridiculous. Um, yeah, so uh, we ate a ton of pork in France. And um, I don't even think she liked most of it, but that's not a problem for her. She'll, she wants to try yeah. everything. So Yep. Yeah, she, she doesn't even have to predict that she might, might like something. Nope. No, the chances her, can be her assessment nailed. going into an experience will be I'm probably not going to like this, and she'll still be gung ho. That's right. Good. I'm glad. It's taken me on many adventures. That's true. <laughs> She's on. A, she has an adventurous spirit. Do you ever? Do you ever have a moment of doubt where you're like, "Huh, I wonder if she thought she wouldn't even like being married to me, but she really wanted to figure it out." I assume this whole relationship is just a one one big adventure for her. The kind where she goes, mm, I don't like that ingredient. I don't like that ingredient either. Uh, I'm not a fan of that. But you know what? This could be good. Let's just do it. What if it's good? 
That's right. My mind will be blown. Jury's probably still out. <clears throat> Matt, I am just sitting here staring at the search bar in my browser, which just says naked chicks. <laughs> it's for it's for your second job. I feel like I've made a mistake. It's for work. I guess that's true. This think... is a job. Wait, are you saying I should expense this? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You should buy some naked chicks and just write that shit off. Hmm. You could do that, I'm pretty sure. Hmm. For work purposes. I'm surprised you're not staring at something Star Trek related. I feel like we talked about it a lot last time, but that's like how we've been spending our time. Oh, it's still happening for we're me. Just in it deep. Just deep yeah. into the Star Treks. I mean, just to the point where I had to text you the other night when I remembered that an episode I'd watched a couple of episodes, a couple of nights previously, did pass the Beckdale test. <laughs> I had, and you know what? I had given up on that and wasn't wasn't ever paying attention to that anymore. No, it was like the 36th or 37th episode. I mean, it was, it took him a while to get to it. And even that was kind of a, a shallow conversation about race, or in this case, species. Yeah. And the stereotypes would, that come along with those. You would think, given that the episode Angel 1 has a political conflict between two powerful women, mm. that there would have been an opportunity in there. No. But, no. A... That is the fucking D plot of that story. Mm-hmm. What's the A plot? Riker getting his dick wet. Riker getting his dick wet. Plot A, always. And the B plot is for some reason Troy and Yar are pissed off about it. <laughs> I think so. I don't they know. They really mock him a lot for wearing that outfit, but as he points out, he had to wear um, feathers on uh, whatever planet. Who gives a shit? Yep. Yeah. Who cares? Yeah. <clears throat> Although, by the way, that is his most. That is the line that he delivers the best in the sense that it makes him seem like a person who has had leadership roles before. <laughs> yep. It is like, hard to tell. That's one of that's one of his best lines and that is a real dog of an episode. Yeah, that's 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 ass. That is an ass episode. Uh, but no, because A that that plot barely exists and B it's because she's married to a, a guy who's an outlaw. Yeah, I never really... Honestly, I didn't understand exactly what the conflict was there. So those guys crashed there? Yeah. And as far as we can tell... I can't believe we're talking about Angel 1. As far as I can tell, they, like, live out by themselves, alone? Like, uh, not near anybody. can't be that far away. That woman can get there from the capital. I, I like, don't know what kind of technology they have. I, I have no idea. I'm just saying, like... They, they don't to, seem like beamers to me. They seem to be living, like, in a cave somewhere. Yeah. And... um. No one seems to know where they are. Right. So how much can they be agitating for this was equal my, rights for men? My main point was they're from like... Their, from their hole in the cave. <laughs> yeah, this was my main point. When I was watching this, I was like, I, I, I'm missing something. I don't get it. Because they're like, oh, they're stirring up so much trouble on my planet. You get them out of here. And it's like, and where are they? I don't know. She's definitely got to stick them in that vase disintegrator. <laughs> That's right. I just didn't get it. I didn't understand what they were doing that was so bad. I, I couldn't tell from the episode. Because it was not well written. And no, it was like... It was a, a lot like... Uh, he is black on the left side, I am black on the right side. Right, and that they were hitting you on the head with something. It, right, except that... It never really got to the point where anyone said what the women on Angel One were doing was bad or wrong. That's right. Well, okay, because here's why, dude. In um, <clears throat> in the original series, they occasionally talk about not interfering with people. 
but it's not. But a, they do a lot of moralizing. Yeah, it's not a big concern. It's just really not. They kind of go and they go, you guys are fucking savages. Do better. I definitely think we have to assume that the Prime Directive came into existence after Kirk and Spock dressed up like Nazis. (laughs) Was that the defining incident that that created it? Blew up a computer that was causing people to live in an idyllic paradise. What was the name of the computer? I don't know. What was it? I don't know which computer we're talking about. There were so many. Uh, the one where it's like a Garden of Eden planet, but oh. like, but the people are innocent. Or I was whatever. thinking of Landru or whatever. That might be Landru. Okay, all right. <laughs> I thought Landru was the one on the planet where like every every day there's an hour where they have to fight. Oh, that that's a good point. There was another computer there, <laughs> and Landru Landru definitely was not the computer that simulated all of the nuclear wars, and then the people had to report to the disintegration. <laughs> They had some high concepts. I don't think that computer had a name. <laughs> they had some... They, they'd they be like... Somebody would be sitting around and they'd be like, This Cold War. You know what this is like? You know, why, why not just why not just like roll some dice and just have some people show up to disintegration chambers? Why not that? Yeah. And, then the, and then they both looked at each other and went, Oh, and all oh. the sheeple are just going to report to the disintegration chambers because <laughs> the computer told them to. <laughs> Yeah, they hadn't hit on the word sheeple yet in the 60s. <laughs> yeah. And then they went, oh, oh. And then they wrote it down, and they were probably yeah. on drugs. It's okay. Like, there's a, there's an original series episode where they straight up begin with a captain's log that says, we've discovered another parallel Earth. And it's like, oh, what? <laughs> yeah, just another one. Oh, just, sorry, what? Just They've discovered it, dude. They've discovered that it's cheaper to film in actual locations. They fucking flew past yet another parallel earth oh that's weird are there parallel vulcans is there a parallel romulus out there i I still don't understand okay we're really getting into it now i still don't understand how the romulans were able to build their society based on ideas about the roman empire uh yeah where'd they get that knowledge how does it work is it just a weird translational thing that we're doing where we have yeah. turned every part of their culture into the Roman Empire? Sometimes the Universal Translator gets wacky and just <laughs> translates alien titles based on the Roman Empire. Why are they called Romulans and Remans? Why yep. are they Centurions? Right. Yeah, why is there a proconsul? Why, yeah, why is there a proconsul? Why how is their leader this... the Praetor? It doesn't... <laughs> how does this work? Presumably there are Romulan words for all of this these things. This is what things. I'm saying. And a fucking computer program decided that they were being roman <sighs> yep <clears throat> yeah and, and no one ever bothers to like go back and clean that up no one's like you know what we did was pretty stupid yeah you know hey this is dumb we like i get that we kind of used it as a, a weird metaphor but it's like why yeah why? there's no cold war going on with the romans well especially because like the first time they meet them all right none of this makes any sense dog the, they meet them long after they've met all these other aliens and this has apparently never happened before and they didn't get their knowledge of the Romulans from another people? It was just the first time they ran into them? Was the first time anyone had ever heard of a Romulan? Yeah, including BT dubs the, the Vulcans, Vulcans. Who they are an offshoot race of and who they look just like? I, I just... I, I'm, I'm really struggling. I'm struggling the, with that one. Or the Klingons who seem to have had a technology exchange <laughs> yes, I'm going pro- on with them because they use the same ships because <laughs> of, of budget? Yeah, because of modeling reasons. 
Yeah, dog. I just I I understand it's because of cheesy sci-fi reasons, but I, I struggle with it. That's a tough one for me. I have to put yeah. that one out of my mind. They I have watch. not made any effort to retcon that in any way. No, dude. Okay, so Marjan and I are... Except they stopped giving them bowl haircuts at some point. Marjan and I are slowly watching the Enterprises. Star Trek oh, Enterprise. Yeah. And uh, it's the worst show for a lot of reasons, but the least favorite thing... My least favorite thing about it is how they are putting their own spin on every part of Star Trek. Because they're a prequel. Right. And they should be putting as few spins as possible because the, it, then it makes everything that comes after it make no sense at all. But they want to uh, put their own stamp yeah. on every single goddamn thing. And uh, that Vulcan who's serving on the on the human ship in the past definitely knows about Romulans. For sure. <sighs> God damn it. And she says, oh, they're does Romulans. She, does she not talk about it like the way yeah. Klingons don't talk about why their foreheads used to be smooth? Yeah, it's kind of like that. But she's like, oh, the, I know about Romulans. And she calls them Romulans. So I'm just, you know, nobody fixed that for me. No, they had a war with them. Like in the original series, they had a, they just hadn't seen them. Yeah, they, because the even the negotiations for the ceasefire had been conducted over radio. Yeah, and then the guy who plays Sarek plays the Romulan commander, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like they knew, just... they knew that Romulans existed. They fought some kind of feeble war, though it. If the worst part of that episode is where it seems that they don't, they can't travel faster than light speed, which just doesn't make any sense. Then how did anyone ever find them? Yeah, like how did they fight a war? How yeah. did they get from Vulcan to Romulus? Yeah, I. Uh, uh, it's... That's probably just look. There's a lot of dumb stuff in Star Trek yes. where it's the rules aren't followed. Uh, there's a lot of times that the Enterprise. Like, even in The Next Generation, where it's just in deep space, but seemingly just going at impulse speed. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, okay, we'll have the warp drive back in six hours, but for now, we're just going to go in the direction we're going at impulse power. Yeah. And it's like, why? So you can shave one-eighth of one second off of the travel time? <laughs> That's right. No, don't bother. You're cool. Just wait. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's... I don't know. So, and so, by the way, they, so they're, at Enterprise, they just they, they have a take on everything that comes after, and most of the time it ruins it. Most of the time you go, well, now that now nothing makes sense. It, it, is, it is the prequels of yeah. Star Trek. It's, it is the Star Wars prequels of Star Trek. It is of equal quality. Yeah. We're in season two of that. It only goes four seasons. It was the only one that didn't make it the seven, because uh, seriously, nobody was watching that thing. Well, because they made a big mistake with the opening theme. <laughs> yes, I still, yes, to this day I insist that uh, it was like when Weezer put out Pinkerton and the first single starts, Goddamn You Have Japanese Girls. Oh, yeah. And you just went, so they're not trying to sell records. That, by the way, there are so many better songs yeah. than that on Pinkerton. Maybe the worst almost song. Almost the worst one. Yeah. Maybe the worst song on the record that starts with him whining, Goddamn You Have Japanese Girls. It's like, okay. They didn't want to, they didn't want to sell any records. Yeah. They just they chose that. They went into this going, let's sell as few records as possible. I'm really tired of like getting booked. Okay, so this shows. is a good this is a good thing. Uh this is something that I thought about, but I, I don't think we've ever had this discussion with you. So I listen to like a thousand podcasts, right? Mm-hmm. One of them is called Song Exploder. Okay. And it is a it's a kind of um forensic breakdown of songs. Sounds like good, depending week, on the song. They have an, an artist on... You know, this is the problem, is it's mostly artists you've never heard of doing songs that are dumb. Okay. 
uh, where it's like, uh, you know, I had the idea for this riff and then they play like the isolated guitar part and then they're like, and then this guy laid down this drum beat and it's like, maybe they'll play a piece of a demo or something. It's fine. It's like a 50, it's like 15 minutes every week or every other week and whatever. Right. Uh, two, only two interesting things really have ever happened on this podcast. And yet you continue to listen. One of them is that the, uh, you know, the famous Icelandic singer who we all call Bjork. Uh Uh-huh. She came on to break down one of her songs. Uh, and she said, uh, hello, my name is Birsk. It's pronounced Birsk? Birsk. And, uh, I was like, I'm sorry, wait, who is this? (laughs) I don't know And then uh, I realized, oh, no, no, no. She's talking about how when you throw nickels into the dryer, it's music. (laughs) This is Birsk. <laughs> uh, so apparently that's how that's pronounced. Fucking Icelandic and fuck the people who Romanized it. I'm not Romanized. Yeah. It's already Romanized. But you know what I mean. Fuck people who decided that's how it's spelled. They did, they did a bad job. That's not... Don't... I don't care if they use the same alphabet as us. If you're going to make me say that word, you need to respell it so that I can say it. Uh, here's the thing. I don't think she cares if people say Bjork. Well, you'd think it would have come up before now, right? It's Birsk. Birsk. I'm never going to remember that, by the way. Yeah. I'm still going to uh, call her Bjork. I, I I had to listen to that clip like 40 times. <laughs> I just could not figure it out. Biersch? My name is like, Biersch? Is she saying Biersch? <laughs> um, <clears throat> and I know that the J sound is in a weird place in that. Yeah. And so you think, oh, she said it's like Bjersk or something and I'm getting it wrong. No, it's Biersch. All right. Well, now uh, I know. The second thing was they had uh, Weezer, they had Rivers Cuomo on to talk about their latest train wreck, which is a song called Summer Elaine and Drunk Dory. Uh, yeah, they have not been good for a very long time. Every single human being who ever liked Weezer should find this one episode of this podcast and listen to it. Because otherwise it will sound like what I am saying now is a bunch of lies. <laughs> okay. Because apparently Rivers' songwriting process these days is first he listens to a bunch of other songs okay. to find a chord progression to steal. Okay. That's not a joke. He just says it. Yeah, that's what he does. Okay. And he says, you know, then I'm going to play it all Weezery and it won't won't sound the same. Right. Uh, But that's what he does. Then he figures out, like, a vocal melody. Okay. Then he figures out how many syllables are in the vocal melody. Right. Then he consults a spreadsheet. On this spreadsheet... For what? (laughs) are a bunch of lines that he has in the past thought would be cool in a song. Oh. Along with their syllables and stresses. I was going to say, yeah, he's 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 separated them by not only syllables, but then exactly how they come out. Yeah, the stress, like even yeah. Yeah, where the stresses are. <clears throat> like, right. Yeah, dog, he, writing songs he is just hard. Fucking, he just fucking picks and chooses out of a spreadsheet, and that's why his songs sound like garbage now. <laughs> writing songs because is hard. Because he steals... He steals a chord progression, and then uh, fucking songwriter Tron nine thousand <laughs> puts together some lyrics for him, and that's why you cannot feel any emotional attachment to what's happening in a Weezer song. Yes, it's probably since Pinkerton. Yeah, I think that's true. Even Green, the Green album is so um, so mainstream, like just so it doesn't take any risks at all. And it, it was like a, a commercial success for him, the Green Album. It, like They were like, yeah. oh, Weezer's back. But if you listen to that record, it's like, it is. it cannot hold a candle to the first two records. What's the hit on that one? Hashpipe? Hashpipe, yeah. Yep. Yeah, he found that chord progression somewhere, and then he was off. Yeah. 
yeah, dog, writing songs is hard. And I'm glad he just goes, yeah, I don't, I don't know how to write songs. I just, yeah. uh, you know, I just steal something and then I, and then I go to my spreadsheet and that's it. You know, job is he, done. By the way, spreadsheet. I know. I know. So anyway, listen to that because I know it sounds like I just slandered Rivers Cuomo <laughs> by making up the worst possible way to write a song. <clears throat> by all accounts, he's, he's just terrible, like in every way. So well, he I, must be a real garbage of a person. Yes, I'm not sure you can really slander him. He's, he's <clears throat> he hardly needs your help with that. I read something on uh, Grantland before Grantland was taken off taken off the internet. That was all about Rivers Cuomo and um, and the early era of Weezer, and um, I still didn't get the feeling after reading it that he was really he was really interested in selling records when Pinkerton came out, and that's why I think he made that choice. Well, think about what the first hit Weezer hit was: "Sweater Song." Was the sweater song. Yes, and not much. <laughs> it's not exactly like a strong idea. It's yeah. not like we're gonna. It's gonna be punchy. People are gonna remember it. It's gonna be fantastic. It's like, nah, it's the sweater song. If you want to destroy my sweater, well, look, it's not like. Buddy Holly yep. is a particularly emotional, heartfelt song, but right. like the sweater song, yeah, dog. And what is surprising is when you go back that like, um, what's his name, Rick Ocasek was producing those things from the from the get go. Yeah, that's why it sounds so good. Yeah, I thought it was just a, the Green Record on. I was like, oh, they brought him in for the Green Record. No, no, it was just from the beginning. He's been all yeah. over those things. That's why all those guitars sound good. For some reason, somebody believed in them. That's what it comes down to. People were like, hey, these guys these guys are going to be someone. And I think it was just like everyone needed more grunge, garage-sounding bands. Oh, uh, Seattle was... couldn't pump it out fast enough. Yeah, like they just couldn't find enough. And so bands like Weezer, people were like, all right, just, you know, take a flyer on them, whatever. And, uh, and now you got Rivers Cuomo. Why couldn't Rick Ocasek have... Started making songs with Local H. That's right. They were so grungy. No one had a worse attitude than them. They'll they prove it to you. a very poor attitude. They'll fight you. They'll do anything. If you tell them there's someone who's more grunge than them, they will prove to you that you are wrong. They will tear your frosty down. Yeah, dude. You say shopping spree, they say killing spree. That's right. All right? That's exactly right. It's not a joke. Like, they, no. they, they took Nirvana and they went like... 500%. This is pretty angsty. Yeah, oh, oh, you're so sad. Oh, you're going to kill yourself? Check this out. We hate Christmas. For That's real. Right. For really real. <sighs> <clears throat> yeah. So that's so two interesting moments, but you've still been listening. Yeah. Okay. I, know, I, I mean, like, they had uh, Stephen Merritt of the Magnetic Fields on, but he was doing a song that was like five years old at that point. Right, but it was still newer than my pet. Ro- oh, magnetic fields is different. Yeah, not the that's, pulsars. That's not the pulsars. So, <laughs> did he do? Um, did you? I don't want to get over you. No, it wasn't that old. Okay, man, I'm surprised that you remember any magnetic fields. Dog, I shared a room with you. I remember the pulsars, and I remember the magnetic fields. Yeah, I guess that's fair. And I'm sure you remember the time that you went to the laundry room and I turned Berlin off. <laughs> I had just turned it right off. Well, Berlin's tough. And when you came back, it took a minute for you to realize that I had turned it off. <laughs> you were just sick of 
you first of all, you did not want to join the masquerade. No, I'm so tired of Berlin. So tired. They did not take your breath away. No, they did not at all. Not even a little. If I could remember the names of a bunch more Berlin songs, I would attempt to force them in there. Do they do like um Metro? Yeah, they did the Metro. That was the famous one. That was the one I was gonna. It might have even been the Metro when I turned it off. You, tr- no one would turn it off during the Metro. I would. I would for sure do that. Uh, I would do it. That's inhuman. <clears throat> Doug, the grunge isn't just how we got Rivers Cuomo. It's how we got um, Billy Corgan. And he has turned into a real weirdo. Never, again, a well-known asshole, just that everyone despises. Anyone yeah. who's ever been in contact with him is like, yeah, he's the worst. I was reading about him recently, and he used to like... You son of a bitch! God. I'm sorry, you were reading about him recently. Uh, yeah, and... Um, uh, 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 <laughs> and... Um, he... I don't know why anyone would turn this on. <laughs> what he would do is he would wait until the other members left the studio and then he would re-record all of their parts yeah that sounds right that's real <laughs> asshole behavior because it was his band and he wanted them to play it the way he wanted them to play it and that's he it he played the guitar pretty good james ehaw but i'm gonna get on this thing and really hit it <laughs> he'd just be like all right good session everybody and then they leave and he'd go all right now it begins <laughs> did he play the bells on disarm i assume Sounds like a total control freak. He wouldn't let anyone come near those bells, man. All right, orchestral bell player we brought in. You did pretty good. He recorded all the string yeah. sections, too, I'm sure. He's take, dedicated. Take a smoke break. I gotta do this, and then I gotta play the cello. <laughs> Just such you guys don't ass. play it pretty enough. Such a fucking asshole, dude. It turns out <clears throat> the people responsible for grunge music are not cool. No, probably not. They're not cool people. You ever think Scott Wayland was cool? No, they're not Crescent Fresh at all. No. So, and I will not, I will not stand them being referred to as Super Crest. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're most definitely not Super Crest. So, you know, I had, I got plenty of enjoyment out of it, and some good music was made, but also just a lot of assholes were immortalized. If not immortal, because not all of them, I mean... It's entirely possible that an 18-year-old today has no idea who Billy Corgan is. Oh, sure. Well, 18-year-olds today don't know fucking shit, so... Take that! uh, Definitely empowered. Like, these people are people, as opposed to just the guy who works at the AMPM, because of grunge music. Yes. Like, Billy Corgan wasn't going to become a success in a different field. No way! Uncle Fester? That guy doesn't have a shot. Doesn't have a fucking prayer. No, he would. He was never going to win a Fields Medal, or <laughs> no. Uh, no, dude. or even like he wasn't going to be like recognized by his college no. as a success in business. No, he's nothing. He's a, he's a nothing person, but he uh, he is convinced he is a great person, just so great, important. Uh, despite all his rage, he is still just a rat in a cage. That's right, dude. Is it despite all or in spite of? I think it's despite all, despite it all could my be rage. either one, but I think all my rage feels more <laughs> Billy Corgany. That's right. <laughs> he wants you to know there's a lot of it. Yeah. So in your tier, okay. So if you had to put the gr- the grunge dudes, the main dudes, the front men, into tiers, in terms of, I don't know, importance. Ooh. I mean, wh- what? Who do you put where? 
I mean, I feel like your top your top tier guy is is Kurt Cobain. How much and of that is because he died? It's a, a lot of it because it's okay. you didn't have to hear his shitty later work. That's right. That's always what I'm saying. Is everyone starts off strong and everyone turns to shit. And so yeah, if you die when you're 27, we probably only had to hear one shitty record from you, because almost nobody's creative through 27. Like almost no one. Yeah. And look, not every, I don't, there are Nirvana songs that I turn off when they come on. Oh yeah. I'm sure that a lot of that is just, oh, I've already heard this song a thousand times. Yes. Many overplayed and anything off of Bleach is not even really music. Like, I I don't need to hear all apologies ever again. That's right. I've had enough. Yeah. Um, But still, he's probably at the top just for that reason. Then there's a tier below him. This is the part I'm curious about, because I, I, just to let you know how I sit on this, I have, I have Kurt Cobain, and then I have a separate tier that still only has one guy, and that's Eddie Vedder. Yep, that's what I was going to say. Okay, so it's still a one-man tier. It's still just him, and I think if you had polled me in 1995, I would have said Scott Whalen had a chance to reach that tier, uh-huh. but he didn't. He's down in the next tier with, and I, I was going to say Chris Parnell, <laughs> but you know what I mean. Chris Cornell, right? Chris Cornell. <laughs> Chris Parnell, Lazy Sunday. Great, and below great him work. is Chris Parnell. Uh, <laughs> Dr. Spachaman. And below him is Sudeikis. Uh, No, uh, yeah, so, but, yeah, so, uh, Cornell and Wayland are down there together, and then below them, all the guys from Alice in Chains. All of them, just all the guys. Yeah. So where does Corgan... I don't know any of their names, so whatever. Where does Corgan go? Does he go, does he, is he not on that tier with Cornell and Wayland? I think the problem is that they didn't really stay grunge. The Smashing Pumpkins? Yeah, like, they yeah. were already something a little different. They went experimental, where they came out yes. with the double album, which had a lot of really hard rock on it, and then even, a lot of soft shit on it. Even Siamese Dream is, like, a little too well-produced. Well, yeah, dude, he has said many times that he had a nervous breakdown creating that record because it was so hard to come up with a record that was better than Gish. There is almost a, nothing good about Gish. That is a lie. Gish is a terrible record. It was record. a terrible album. And if he had a nervous breakdown trying to beat that, he needs a spreadsheet. Right? Isn't that the I, ultimate chill pill? Just getting a spreadsheet. Yeah, I think so. Just just go just go to a spreadsheet-based songwriting method. Right. Uh yeah, I guess. So I, I feel like he didn't stay grunge. Oh. What a fucking sellout. In which case. So then do you consider any See, of his like, work grunge, or do you feel like he's Chris a different Cornell, genre? Right, because that fucker is still making grunge songs, just nobody wants them. I know, dude. When he he did the um the James Bond theme a couple of movies ago, and it just sounds you just hear it and you go, "Oh, Chris Cornell." Yeah, it's, is this oh, Soundgarden? It's Chris Cornell. I think Soundgarden's back together. How did this happen? This is either Soundgarden or Temple of the Temple Dog, of the Dog. <laughs> yeah, or fuck, wasn't there a third one too? Uh, yeah, um, uh, f- uh, not a perfect circle, um. No, that's the Tool guy. It's, um, another band that I don't really consider grunge. Another, I think it's another one of those super groups. It's Audio Slave. Audio Slave, and you go, wait, why is it a super group? And then they name all the members, and you can name one and a half of them. Like, you oh, can right, because there's go, like, 
Yeah, they name the members and you go, well, I think I've kind of heard of that second guy, but I've really heard of Chris Cornell. No, it's Chris Cornell and half of Rage Against the Machine. Yeah, and it's right. like, oh, got it. Cool. Yeah. They just got with a guy who could sing. So not, not everything's a super group. Like, do you understand that? Like, it's 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 a side project. Anyway, this isn't they the Traveling have, Wilburys. That's all I'm saying. They have one song that Katie really likes. Okay. So, because Chris Cornell was um, grungier... He gets he gets on that tier with uh, with Waylon, yeah. Okay, <clears throat> so Corgan no Rivers Cuomo does he even count as grunge. What is Weezer? No, definitely. What not. are they? They're power pop. Okay, all right. So they don't count. Um, what about? Um, by the way, I'm I'm a, I'm not really embarrassed to admit it because at the time I rejected everything that had to do with Pearl Jam, but it took me until I was like 28 years old to realize that Temple of the Dog was uh, Eddie Vedder and Chris Cornell. I just thought it was two guys trying to sound like Eddie Vedder and Chris Cornell. Actually, that could have been two very imitatable guys. Actually, I thought it was one guy trying to sound like both of them. Oh, that is true. That could <laughs> definitely be a Frank Caliendo project yeah. where he's just doing both of them together. Or it could be that Honduran Eddie Vedder impersonator. <laughs> I ever, you saw that video. I don't know yes. where that was really from. It was actually from South America somewhere. Yes, it was Latin America of some kind. Uh, where he does such a good uh, yellow Ledbetter. Yep. <laughs> despite the fact that he may not know the words. No, dude, he may just he's be phonetic. definitely doing it phonetically. Yeah. But it's much better than Ken Lee. Yes. Yeah. Uh, also, he dressed like him, which I thought was cute. So, all right, so who the hell else is in this? I mean, we didn't name... Is that all the grunge bands? Was that it? That's all the important ones. I mean, yeah. I talked to... I said Local H earlier. What do you want? Yeah, but I don't even know who the front man is. Who was Local H? Who was in that uh, group? I don't know. It's Frosty the Snowman. <laughs> yeah, I don't fuck. I don't have no clue. <laughs> yeah, no, but I mean, that's all the big ones, right? Yeah. Like, everyone else was... And frankly, I shouldn't have snuck Alice in Chains in there. They were something else that sort of predated grunge. They're like cult music. The crazy cult a little music. Bit. I don't... All their weird... They were much... Their weird harmonies. Much more... They were like a much more musical tool. Like whatever tool yes. was. But like So we I feel like, like what I melodies. should have said I feel like what I should have said was nineties rock. The hard side of rock fun. from the early nineties. Yeah, to make this more fun. Because I, I I said grunge, and I feel like we really we really we pared that down. To like three or yeah. four three or four bands. There aren't that many. I mean, that made it big. It's like, it's it's Soundgarden, it's Stone Temple Pilots, it's Pearl Jam, and it's Nirvana. Like, th- those are the big ones. Marjan actually grunge. Marjan will definitely have an opinion on this. Marjan, I challenge you to please tell us what your list is. Well, that's fine. I mean, all all genres are a little bit bullshitty. Yes. Yes. Like, why, some, like why I... When you said Weezer's not grunge, and I just immediately said they were power pop. <laughs> right. That's kind of a bullshit. Yeah, I was going to say, who else is in power pop? Now let's do that ranking. I have, oh, I don't know. That's like Weezer number one, and then I guess Teenage Fan Club is number a uh, million. <laughs> where, where does Ozma no fit in? there's no one between two and a million. Where does Ozma fit in? Because whenever Ozma comes up on our MP3s, Marjan's not sure if it's Ozma or Weezer. Oh, yeah. Ozma <laughs> definitely would be on there if anybody knew who Ozma <laughs> that's was. Right. I, um... I saw Ozma in concert once. You told me they weren't very good. They were not as good as their record, but it was also like their first show back together after a big hiatus. Oh. That may have even been a breakup. Um, but 
I think I think I saw them opening for Nauta Surf. Wow. Hey, where does Nauta like, Surf fit in? So, are they grunge? So there's a question, right? What's Nauta Surf? <laughs> what are they? <laughs> it's tough. I've never really consumed Nauta Surf. I I only really know the the hit, the hit. Popular. Yeah, there was only the one, right? Yeah, another band where the hit is not what the band sounds like. Yeah, that's... Well, that's the kiss of death. Yeah. Because if you can't repeat that, then no one's no one cares. People can be like, hey, where's the next popular? What? We don't sound like that. Oh, well, then you made a bad choice. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, not a serp... Well, shit. I don't have to make this up. I had to make this decision at some point. How do I have them classified in iTunes? Because you I actually went genres. through and bothered to change it because I, I, it was so much work. All of them are mislabeled, just all of them. Yeah, it's they're they're all terrible. Like <laughs> none of them are. Like when you import a CD or buy a, an MP3, yeah. it's got some nonsense genre that doesn't make any sense. Yep. Uh, what? Where? Where are you? Not a surf. Oh uh, boy, I seem to have really simplified these things. <laughs> rock. Are they in the rock genre? Uh, I, I don't know because my regular view doesn't show genres, so I can't just look by artist. Uh, I don't know. Where do, do you put uh, Toad the Wet Sprocket? I mean, these are important questions. Uh, ooh, that's a good question. Toad the Wet Sprocket is general alternative for me, although I rarely use alternative. But really, the only other way you could classify that is average guy music? I mean, it is. They're average guy music along with the Wallflowers, um... Uh, uh, gin blossoms, obviously. Whether well, average guy, yeah, music I just have not a surf as alternative. Uh, um, all right, where do you put like um, another one that couldn't be grunge, but it's definitely squarely in the '90s? Counting Crows. What do you do with them? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, they probably are also alternative. See, Let's this just is, take I feel a look. Like, I feel like I should have said alternative. I tend to, I use the same genre for every <laughs> album. Which is not, yeah, I've got them in alternative. Which is maybe not 100% accurate, but I don't like having them all scattered around. Oh, like having an artist with two different genres? Yeah. Yeah, that would be not really how I do. You have to just judge the body of their work, I think. That's that's what I'm doing. So yeah. I apply it to all the albums, but I do just judge the body of their work. What do you do? I also have way fewer genres than iTunes oh. uses. Well, I think everything's going to fall into alternative. I mean, that's where Cake goes, right? Uh, I have 83 albums in alternative. And the Cake albums, are they in there? So, those artists are Semisonic. Yeah, makes sense. Fastball. Sure. Better Than Ezra. Oh, yeah, for sure. Counting Crows. Right. Eels. Sure. Blind Melon. Obviously. The Wallflowers. <laughs> you know, average guy music, if there ever was any. Broken Bells. I'm not sure. I don't even remember who that is. Uh, this is an album from 2010. It's like the high road is hard to find. I think it's the guy from the Shins and Oof. somebody. Okay. Uh, Silver Sun pickups. Okay. They are in alternative, which means I must have Smashing Pumpkins in alternative because they sound identical. Right. Uh, Foo Fighters. Oh yes. Well, yeah, Foo Fighters. So they're just alternative. They don't count as grunge. They're too no. J- just because of the attitude. Yeah, the attitude's wrong. Because musically, they're I feel way like too it's upbeat close. to be grunge. Okay. Uh, Cake. You were right. I have yeah. Cake in there. Makes sense. Uh, uh, two Mountain Goats EPs are in here, which means I have not yet reclassified that because I have the Mountain Goats as lo-fi. I definitely w- should have tried this by saying, like, 90s alternative. Because I feel like there are guys like Dave Grohl that are, that are, that should go somewhere. 
yeah. the hierarchy, but you're right. Don't fit if it's just grunge. It's, it's just it's he's just not grunge, <laughs> yeah. right? You're right though. Um, in fact, I, it's not a obviously it's not a talent hierarchy. Although no. he still would be pretty high up in terms of a famousness hierarchy because he really did well with the Foo Fighters. Yeah, like they are they are everywhere. Yep. If you pay attention. Uh, I've got Toad the Wet Sprocket. I've got the White Stripes, which is another one that feels like I need. I need something for after 2000. I agree. I th- well, at least you should have it like 90s alternative. I should. 2000s alternative. Something like that. Uh, Pot USA. I don't know what oh, else to call that. Yeah, they're alternative for sure. Yeah. For sure. Uh, crash Test Dummies. Oh, so weird. Could be something else, but there's nothing else like that. They don't, you can't put them in a category with anything else. Strictly because of their lead singer, record, by the way. What? Have you listened to that whole record, by the way? I think in the past I have. Not any time recently. It's oddly not that bad. <clears throat> well, it's so weird that it that at the very least I get the feeling that it has that in its favor. Then you go, well, it's weird. Did I already say tonic, or was that semi sonic? No, you said semi sonic, but yeah, those same two guys thing. might be the same. Same thing. <laughs> I feel like that's the same four people, but in each band they have a different lead singer, like a different one of them sings. I think those guys are in Everclear too. Oh, probably. That's yeah, if I had Everclear, they'd be an alternative. I think it's the same group. <clears throat> that's uh, art. Alexis? Is that who that is? Uh, From Everclear? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Just trying to think of frontmen you vaguely know the names of. Yeah. I have Chris Isaac here. Boy. Yeah, but that's because the only Chris Isaac album I have is Heart Shaped World, and the only song I ever listened to off of it is Wicked Game. Yeah. Well, he only made the one good song, so yeah. that's on him. Uh, Not a Surf. I have OMC here. Alternative, Because for if sure. you didn't have them in Alternative, what would you do? Yeah, there's no genre there. What is it? New Zealand Alternative? It's going to be a small genre. But, like, vaguely <clears throat> hip-hoppy, too? Well, yeah, he speaks things a lot. I mean, but I don't. I wouldn't say he's necessarily rapping. No, he's not, but, like... Musically, you mean? There's definitely some urban flavor in that album about sort of being an underdog. Yeah. But like, then there's also... The reason they're calling themselves Otara Millionaires Club. I mean, it means something, but it's like, I don't feel like I have a 100% of a handle on it. Then there's also Cialis Gone Away, though. No, that's very true. And that, and that is the opposite of hip-hoppy. That's, yeah. yeah. I mean, well, it is hip-hoppy in the sense of when a hip-hop guy tries to play the guitar. <laughs> just, like, three out it of just, every five chords are not quite right? It just sounds real bad because he's not pressing all the strings down enough. <laughs> so it sounds like when I play the guitar... Jesus. Uh, I have Radiohead. Oh, yeah, definitely alternative, right? I have Belly. Actually, I kind of wonder what what you do with bands like Radiohead. Who, Radiohead's a tough one. They may have had as much success in the 2000s as they did in the 90s. Oh, they definitely did. Yeah. I mean, you would put them in the 2000s because... Well, when, well, what's Kid A from? Kid A is from 2000. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, I think before right? that, all they really had was, like, uh, Creep, right? Creep and... High fake and Dry? Plastic Trees? Yeah, and, and High and Dry and Fake Plastic Trees. And then right. after that, I think it's all uh, 2000 stuff. Incidentally, <laughs> Creep and High and Dry are my two favorite Radiohead songs. So well, for um, me, Radiohead is a band who went very much in the wrong direction, but really embraced it. That's right. And the, you know what? They they did well. Um, with, they did well with it. So good for them. Natalie Imbruglia. See, the, the trouble <laughs> is when you go to uh, Streetlight or Rasputin and you just look through the used stuff and you figure, yeah, I'd pay two bucks for that. Wow. You end up with stuff that you have to... You don't have to apologize, dude. Everybody's got weird shit on their on their iTunes. Yeah, weird uh, shit. And Weezer, I have an alternative. Uh, I have uh, Modern Dog 
in there. They're definitely alternative. Yeah. For sure. I mean, that's, uh... I mean, they're not really... The attitude isn't really dark enough to be grunge, right? Well, at least it's not in Tar Sawong, which is a, sort of a Buddhist song about letting go. Yeah, I mean, I've heard the other songs on the record, and they don't really come off grungy. Uh, Just real Spin 90s. Doctors. Spin Doctors is another one where you could potentially think of a different categorization for them. For one thing, that record's from 1991. College Rock? Yeah, I guess. I guess you could put them and Better Than Ezra in a category called College Rock. <laughs> yeah, maybe like... Um, there are other bands you could throw in there, right? You could throw in, like, um, well, early R.E.M., I guess, until they hit it super yeah. big. If I owned an R.E.M. record, they would probably, okay. that's probably where they'd go. Uh, yeah. The Rentals. Right. Okay, well, earlier I was going to say, about The Rentals, I'm surprised it's Rivers Cuomo who has that um, system <laughs> of writing a song, because I really feel like that's what happened with The Rentals. I feel like the uh, songwriting is very unimaginative for the well, rentals. I mean, definitely in Friends based. of P. <laughs> must be spreadsheet-based for sure. <laughs> and now I'm going to think about that every time I hear like a song that's not that good, I'm going to go, does the spreadsheet work? Yep. Someone, went, uh, someone licensed Rivers Cuomo's spreadsheet system. Someone just opened up Excel and that's how this was done? That's actually how he's been making money for the last 15 years. It's not in <laughs> Weezer. It's he just, he licenses uh, to record companies. system. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, I have Elastica. Oh, yeah. Like, alternative. where would you put them if not in alternative? Yeah. I might... I am tempted to reclassify them as post-punk. But who else do you have classified that way? Uh, post-punk is mostly uh, Frank Black and the yeah. Pixies. Okay. They don't count and as they don't rock? sound like Frank Black and the Pixies, but just kind of based on attitude. Uh, ooh, Natalie Merchant. That is alternative... That's a... I almost feel like I should open a genre called Top 40 for her. Yeah, that's a rough one. <laughs> yeah. I shouldn't have that record, but do you, I do. Do you have any 10,000 Maniacs? I do not. Okay. All right. I just have the record that had uh, Carnival on it. Right, right. <clears throat> wow. Um, KOME. Oof. Yeah. Oh, Liz Fair. That's alternative. 100%. So you don't have a uh, a chick chick rock category because it doesn't feel doesn't feel on the level to you that's just not descriptive enough i feel like it's like, super descriptive who, who else would you put in it who goes in chick rock for you uh if you had like a joan osborne record mm. right i guess i don't know what any of the songs other than one of us sound like oh yeah me neither me neither for sure if i had bitch by yes Meredith. <laughs> <laughs> It's not one that I bought. I so. knew Meredith was right when you said it. Brooks? Yeah, that could be. Something like the that. The rest of it didn't come out. I couldn't figure it out. Uh, and then Dinosaur Jr. is the last oh, one in wow. my alternative category. Yeah, that's super alternative. Yeah. So, yeah, alternative is the big... That's clearly the big genre. Uh, it's not. For me, indie is the biggest genre in my collection. But I mean, like, for the 90s. Like, that was... Oh, yeah, yeah. For de- definitely. Most of the bands you think about from the 90s, it turns out, can really only be classified that way. As either... Alternative or something even more generic like rock? Uh, yeah, I do have a rock uh, genre. It's the Rolling Stones, ACDC, Spencer Davis Group, Love and Spoonful. Wait, so how come you don't have like a British Invasion one? Okay, I don't have any Beatles records. You don't have any Beatles records? I don't have one. I don't have oh. any Kinks records. Oh, shit, have... really? I don't have Dave Clark 5. Like, what would I put in the British Invasion? So you don't Invasion? have any Kinks records because you remember all the songs by heart I and you don't ever I don't... need to play it? 
I don't need to ever have a Kinks record. I remember Ape Man. I remember Jack Jack the Idiot Dunce. Yeah, they really... I think we talked about... Did we talk about this on a pod show? This is the problem. No. It's when we talk in between pod shows. No, we just talked about how uh, Marjan wouldn't like Jack Jack the Idiot Dunce because it's too mean-spirited. And I said, yes. oh, I get it. So her favorite song's probably Ape Man. And then you said, yep, 100%. Yeah. She absolutely loves Ape Man. And I believe we talked about how the Kinks made a terrible decision to get off of the three or four songs that they had that were kind of garagey and cool. Yep, and, like they uh, accidentally hit it with You Really Got Me, then they repeated it with I Need You. Yep, and uh, yeah, all of their early songs sound just like that, and then they got a lot of confidence, which yes. is the end of creativity. <laughs> That's it. The confidence is absolutely the death of creativity. Yep, You have to be so doing... insecure to be good at things. And then they were doing Lola yeah. and Well-Respected Man oh, About yeah. Town. Fucking Ape Man. Fucking Ape Man. Ape. Ape man. I'm an ape man. I'm an ape ape man. I'm oh, an, ape, I'm an man. ape man. I'm a King Kong man. I'm a voodoo man. <laughs> then it gets into racism. Absolutely. Oh, I'm an ape man. Yes. <laughs> yeah, look, the air pollution is a fogging up his eyes. <laughs> they made such bad choices, dude. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Confidence. Well, you know the song, song Death of a Clown? Yeah. Another great King song, by the way. Ray Davis is the clown. I, um, I... Didn't Dave Davies write it? Yes, he did. Okay. Um, that's the song that I plan on playing at Dad's funeral. And I yeah, can't... well, he didn't write Ape Man, so that's why I took a <laughs> shot at Ray instead. <laughs> I want to play that at our Dad's funeral, Death of a Clown, and I can't figure out if people will think that's insulting. Yeah, uh, that's a good point. Because it's okay. Dad's funeral is going to be lightly attended. <laughs> he hasn't. Um, he hasn't built his social circle. No. No, it's. Uh. That guy from Alaska might come down. I don't know. There's a guy from Alaska? Yeah, you know, the guy with the really loud laugh. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't remember his name. I don't remember either, but I remember his laugh. Yeah. Uh, he's like a locksmith or something in Alaska. Well, dude, everybody needs a trade in Alaska. Exactly. Uh, yeah, look, it's you can play uh, Death of a Clown, and then we'll just put on a Texas Tornadoes medley. Yeah, and then we'll walk out, right? That's it. Yeah. I guess uh, guacamole should probably be last. <laughs> I want to end on a real light note. That's right. Yeah, it's a party after all. I think you start with uh, who were you thinking of, and you go into yeah. Hey Baby KFSO, and then, uh, you know, end with guacamole. I think that's good. Yeah. Well, uh, we got to play Midnight Oil and Rock, because where would you put them? Yeah. Midnight Oil, Dire Straits, Eric Clapton. Uh, weirdly, I have Molotov there. Because there's no point in creating a Mexican rock genre. I'm never going to have enough records for yeah. that to make sense, and I don't like one-offs. Yeah, I don't really know what else you would call that. Uh, Heart, James Gang, ZZ Top. So most of the things that are from before the 90s, you just yeah, kind of like, went, uh, I don't know, rock. The Joshua Tree by U2. Right. Yeah. Makes sense. Yardbirds. So I'm saying, that's the only thing that's like less specific than alternative. Right. <laughs> yeah, but for me, I definitely start alternative in the 90s, so I should end it before the 2000s, like... I just, I don't know what I want to call the, I guess we should call it shit rock. <laughs> yes. All the shit rock of the 2000s. Yes. The very few of those albums that I own. All the records that sound alike and didn't take any chances, and uh, I hated. I hated that decade. I mean, this decade's been just as bad, but I fucking hated that decade. I have a genre called novelty. Uh, it like... contains three albums. I was going to say, is that like Brian Doohan? Uh, yeah, it's the two Brian oh, shit. <laughs> and then Old Yellow Eyes is back by Brent Spiner. <laughs> I am kind of surprised They Might Be Giants don't fit into novelty. I don't have any. You don't own Oh, okay, well, then there you go. 
I had all those albums. When I got rid of them, I also got rid of the MP3s. You made a good choice. I got them for Marjan because I knew she would like them, and now I think I'm stuck with them. Yeah. Well, I hope you enjoy listening to Chess Piece Face for the rest of your life. Strangely, she likes that one. God damn it. Toddler Highway. Does she like Toddler Highway? Yes. Oh, fuck. She likes them to be as weird and dumb as possible. Toddler Highway? Yeah, dude. Yeah. Yes. (sighs) She likes fucking... She likes... Fucking hammer down, rabbit ears. She loves. She fucking loves it. She loves the rabbit child. That's uh, rabbit child. Yeah. I'm just. I'm saying everything that is weird and dumb. She loves. Um. Put <laughs> put your hand inside the puppet head. She fucking loves it so much. <laughs> Fuck. Oh no! Do you have to no. put your hand inside the puppet head? Yeah, it's really. It's bad. It's really bad. I did a bad thing. Sometimes I do things. I'm so fucking unselfish. I should be getting so many points. So she doesn't just like purple toupee. No, she loves it, Bo. She loves it. Don't let's start. She loves it. She loves all of them. But she even loves the ones that are, there's no reason that that song should have been made. So like. She loves 32 Footsteps. I like, uh, 32 Footsteps is probably my favorite. There might be Giants. Oh, okay. Well, there you go then. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, she loves all Uh, of them. So when she hears. What's that blue thing oh, yeah. doing here? She thinks, this should be three minutes. Yeah, there should she, be three minutes of this. <laughs> she loves it when it randomly pops up when I shuffle all my songs, or all of her songs, and one of How those fingertips comes up. please pass the milk, please, isn't a full-length song? <laughs> That's right. Yeah, again, dude, I, sometimes I do things where I'm like, I hate this, but Marjana like it, I should tell her about it. And then later on, I'm like, why, why do I do this? You're self-sabotaging. It's not like it would be mean not to, she'll never know. Yeah. I'm just, my whole life's about points, and I keep thinking I'm going to earn some, but I, there's no way to cash the points in. I don't know why I find Put Your Hand Inside the Puppet Head so much more disappointing it's, than hearing that she likes Toddler Highway. It's, I find it disappointing. Because it's frankly no worse a song. <laughs> uh, it's no worse than Rabid Child. They're she, all, they're all bad. She, she fucking loves Cowtown, and she loves Oh my god. Fucking... <sighs> Sure, she loves boat of car, probably. Yeah, yeah. This is my fault, and I am sorry. That's right. But in a in a greater sense, in a more true sense, it's Rick Perry's fault. As a lot of things are. A lot of things. You are know Rick how Perry's your friends fault. can be bad influences creatively. Yep. Like, some. I mean, someone had to tell you, "Hey, let's watch wrestling." God, no, I told you, dude, the way it happened is we were just scanning. just came on after Moesha? And we saw the scene with the pies. Oh, where the, oh. That was our rock, fault. We did that one. Where the rock was sexually harassing a reporter. I had friends my whole life who watched wrestling, and I always went, you guys are dumb as shit. Mm. I'm not watching that. And but then, the charisma of the rock. <clears throat> yes, it was 100%. A folding table outside of the ring with a bunch of different pies yeah. on it with the rock critique. Right, pecan pie, so that's a pretty good pie. <laughs> I was like, wow, he's, this is really good Pumpkin mic work. Pie. But you know what the rock's favorite kind of pie <laughs> is. The crowd knows. I didn't know. And the fucking crowd knew it. Yeah. Poontang pie. <laughs> and you're like, yes, I'm in. <laughs> like, well, I guess we should see what happens on Thursday. This is happening now. Oh, you're right. That does feel like a Monday night. <laughs> yeah, that's raw. That does feel like raw. Couldn't put that on UPN. That's not SmackDown. Yeah. So I think we were like, well, it says that there's a show on Thursday. I think we should see what happens. I want to know how this pie arc concludes. 
that was before my all-time favorite rock gimmick where he asks you a question and then before you can answer loudly announces that it doesn't matter that's right hey that got him a collabo dude that got him a collabo with Wyclef Jean oh fuck that did happen they made a song together that did happen and it didn't not happen it had a music video and everything I mean unless it's like that skit starring the rock where he's Bigfoot that you can never find on the internet anymore Oh yeah, the the that might not have live sketch I most want to see. Yes, the one where he is not sure whether things happened, and now I'm not sure if that skit happened because I can't find it. Ah, yeah, I'm like eighty percent sure it was a dream when I killed those kids. Ate those kids. <laughs> Ate those kids. Ate those kids. <laughs> it was what Neil Diamond, Neil Diamond was, and Bigfoot. It was Will Ferrell as Neil Diamond. Yep, and as a very drunk Neil Diamond and The Rock as Bigfoot, and it was a. Compilation uh, best of compilation commercial. Yeah, and he keeps asking people to call in and tell him if this is really happening. That was a great skit. Well, there you go, dude. You got some homework. You got to figure out your classifications. Yeah, some, uh, classifications. clearly some of these are albums that I've added since I did the classification project. Yeah, because there's a few things in here that don't make sense. Just do it the way he did it in High Fidelity and do it autobiographically. Oh, ooh. Just sorted by what the records remind you of and mean to you. <laughs> they put them into genres that way. Oh, boy. So, <laughs> Madness is going to be <laughs> yeah. the oldest. Yeah, early memories. <laughs> That'll go down there with UB40, I'm sure. Yeah, I, I do have Labor of Love and Labor of Love 2. Wow. I mean, look. Yes, there are two or three radio stations that play red, red wine occasionally. Yes. But I can only hear Homely Girl on my iPod. Yeah, I hear it sometimes. It pops up. They all want to ask you out on a date, but they don't know how to. They don't know how. Mm. I may listen to that later. All right. (laughs) That, That might could happen. Good. I think we've gone. I think we've gone long enough, people. Just tell us all of your thoughts about um, the genres of music, '90s alternative, '90s grunge. What do you consider grunge? And what's your um, what's your hierarchy? '90s frontmen. Just uh, let us know. Apparently, we're gonna we're gonna go out with some uh, some Osmo since we briefly talked about him earlier. <clears throat> but you can find us on BrotherDate.com. Uh, subscribe to the podcast. Find us on iTunes. And you can Our Twitter is at Brother Date. At Brother Date. And uh, we will be back. Bye bye. And then uh, fucking Songwriter Tron 9000 <laughs> puts together some lyrics for him. And that's why you cannot feel any emotional attachment to what's happening in a Weezer song. Subscribe.